Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features 46-year-old TikTok star, artist, and mother, Andrea Nelson. If you think TikTok is just for kids or the algorithm is long past favorable to your art, think again. Andrea will give you tips on how to create better videos and sell online without actually selling. (laughs) You're going to love this guest and how open she is about business. And in just a couple short years, she's built an art career she loves and shares her tips to inspire you to do it too at any age. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Andrea Nelson. Hey there. So we are live with Andrea today. <laughs> so excited that we have the same name, but I was recommended to you by one of our Artist Academy members. And I was looking through her videos and I was just like, we have to chat about videos, about how you're teaching your paint classes, all of the things. And I think it can be really beneficial to everybody listening. So can you start out by introducing yourself to telling us a little bit about who you are, Andrea? <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you, Andrea. I'm super excited to be here. And I went and checked out all of your videos and your murals are incredible. And that's a thing that I don't do. So basically, I am primarily a watercolor artist and I paint primarily animals. And I do some in like traditional colors, but I do a lot in like rainbow colors So I started that business like two years ago. And before that, I was a preschool special education teacher. So like the the long story is I was a preschool special ed teacher and I left that to open candy stores with my husband, which is very fun. It is very (laughs) fun. But it was not like necessarily my dream to work in a candy store. So I kind of started this art thing in the middle of the candy business. And once I had been doing it for a little while, I was like, I'm retiring from the candy business and I'm going to do art full time. And luckily, my husband was super supportive of that. So I've been a full time artist for about a year and a half. And somewhere along the way, I started making TikToks, which is a ridiculous thing for a 46-year-old person to say, but I did. I started making TikToks about my art and just trying to help other people with their art. And it has kind of turned into a thing. And now I'm teaching a lot of people how to do like really easy art, whether they're a beginner or they're working with their kids because I have that preschool background too. So that's what I'm doing. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Wow. I love that. And I would have never thought you were 46. First <laughs> off, I was like, <laughs> but I think it's great because we have a lot of people here in the Arts Academy group, especially that are a little afraid of a video because they're maybe just a little bit older. I mean, I, I'm 32, so it's right. not like, I'm not like a kid, kid <laughs> anyway, but I, that just goes to show you can do all at all, at all, whatever ages and you're doing really, and you're doing well with it. How many, like, how is your reach on 
TikTok. So I found your Instagram is amazing, but I I never looked at your TikTok. How is that? Is that your main driver? Yeah. So TikTok is my thing. So it's wild. I get really embarrassed even talking about it, but (laughs) I have a 21 year old son and he was the one, it was like January 21. He was like, I think you would love TikTok. He's like, first of all, there's like tons of cat videos. So right away. I was, I was on board with that. Yes. Yeah. He was like, there's cats, there's art. Like it's not all teenagers dancing, (laughs) which was kind of my perception. So I started watching videos and then I was like, I think I might make one. (laughs) And I did. And the wild thing is I made one video and I got like 8,000 views on it, which I had never gotten that many views on Instagram. So I was immediately like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And I posted another video the next day and I started getting orders on my website, like from my second video. And I was hooked. That was all it took. I was like, I am in, I am 100% in. If, (laughs) If I can drive business to my website, I'm all about it. So I kind of set up like a 30 day challenge for myself where I was like, I'm going to post one video a day for 30 days and just see if I can grow a little following and maybe drive some business to my website. And we'll just see where I'm at at the end of 30 days. And within the first week, I had more followers on TikTok than I had on Instagram at the time. And I had had an Instagram account for like six years. So it was just crazy to me. So yeah, I had a lot of good luck on TikTok. I have almost 600,000 followers now. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So you are giving me more hope with TikTok. So I started TikTok three years ago or so and then blew up and it was great. And then lately my videos have just not been getting very good like views. So I've just kind of like gone back to Instagram reels because that's where I'm getting on on reels. I'm getting the views, but you're now motivating me to try a little harder on TikTok. Well, you have a lot of followers on TikTok too, don't you? You have like 400,000 followers or something, right? Yeah, but I've been stuck at 400,000 for like that number for like a year. Like I haven't been able to go up at all. And really anything I post gets like a few thousand likes, Uh which is not anything I post on Instagram, exact same video. Instagram will be double, triple or more than that. It's a lot easier for me to go viral on reels than it is on TikTok lately. But hearing this, I love this. And I know this doesn't necessarily need to be a TikTok, Instagram thing discussion, but I do think people are really interested in it because I talk to other artists all the time who are like, I don't understand like how to do it. But I could not gain traction on Instagram. Even when I was blowing up on TikTok, I had my best video, like most views I've ever gotten on a video was like 9.4 million on a craft video, really. And I posted that same video on Instagram and it got, I don't don't know where it is right now, but it was like a year or so ago. It got like 3,000 views. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know what to do. One of the big things for me with Instagram was when I stopped posting with the TikTok watermark in Instagram. I think Instagram hates that. I started getting more views when I started making my videos outside of TikTok and then importing them into Reels. And then it was like, 
really like two months ago, probably I had one video that really blew up both places, TikTok and Instagram. And that it was as if the TikTok or the uh, Instagram gods were like, oh, hey, like, welcome to Instagram. And I'm like, dude, I've been here. I've been here for like eight years. I don't, <laughs> you just hadn't noticed me yet. And then it started to just go from there. So okay, it's weird. It is weird. But I do also think that TikTok kind of changed the algorithm sometime in the last year. And I've heard from a lot of artists that their views went way down and things got harder in the last year. So I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah. When did you first start posting TikToks? Like a year ago or? It was a year ago, January. So it's been like a year and a half. Wow. The first six months I was on there, I was doing, I did one video a day. Pretty, I always pretty much do one video a day, even now. But I was also doing lives. And the first six months I was on TikTok, if you did a live, you would get so many views and so many new followers. And then like about last summer that stopped like when you do a live now on tiktok it does not it does not get you followers it does not give you views good to know so because it's like it's trying to get people to your live and not to your page anyway that's a side note but your videos so i went through a couple of them when i asked to interview you and they're mostly voiceovers so are your all of your videos voiceovers on tiktok and instagram no most of them are actually like head on there i don't do a ton of voiceover really it's usually me sitting at this desk or me outside teaching like a craft or an art okay but your your voice or your sorry i I mean voiceover but like you're using your voice so like you have you have your face and it's kind of like a story like like that's what i do in my instagram stories but that's what's working for you on instagram and tiktok yeah. So, so I do think this is just a theory. Okay. I don't know anything <laughs> about anything, but I feel like the algorithm likes faces and it likes when you talk to the camera versus like the trends and all of that kind of stuff where you're using somebody else's sound. I never get a lot of play on those. I do them occasionally just because they're fun, but unless it's something super creative or funny, I don't feel like those get a lot of of views. I think the reason that my stuff has done well is because I try to structure them so that people will watch as long as possible. And I always approach a video with the first thought being, is this adding value to somebody else? Like, am I making this video something that somebody would want to save or share? Because those two things and the playthrough rate are like the most important thing, I think, in getting views. Because I have plenty of videos where I'll do something, I don't know, sometimes I tell stories on there. And I'll get tons and tons of comments, but I never go viral really on a story. So I think the teaching somebody something is a very big part of my success. Okay. I think you're doing a lot of things right. And I think this is where video is going too, because I've noticed when, like, even on my stories, like if I'm not looking at it, 
close and like talking to the camera with my face. I think of it as like, I'm just being lazy if I don't do that. Like that's <laughs> because I know that's what people watch. And if I, you know, it, and so it only makes sense for the video outside of stories to be going towards that too. Like right. having that, that personal connection that, cause I am really lazy also with my videos now. Cause what used to work back in the day is I used to take a time-lapse 10 to 15 seconds, put a song to it and great. Like people loved it. And now it doesn't really work. And now you have to really like, even like putting something up for 15 seconds is kind of tough with the time-lapse. They're like, get to it. And so, right. okay. Okay. I'm just going to have to be face to camera. It's, it's super time consuming. Like to make a video where I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to paint mushrooms. Let's go. It's like, now I have to paint mushrooms. And was I planning to paint mushrooms today? Maybe. But I also do a lot of stuff like this was a little craft thing that I did that was is like an egg curtain. Like, I'm not selling this. This is not for my business. This was for TikTok. I do things where I sell them for my business and they never make it to TikTok. So I know your audience is mostly people who are trying to sell their art. I feel like a couple things with videos, but number one, it's almost like a mini commercial. So if you see a commercial where somebody's just trying to sell you something, it's not very appealing. But if I'm doing something and I have the cat painting in the background, I will sell that cat painting. Somebody will buy it from that video, even though I never mentioned it. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, you know, when you start your business originally and you start selling something, a lot of times it's because somebody in your life said, you're so good at that. You should sell that. And then you monetize your hobby and it becomes a business, right? And when you first start, you have all these people in your life who want to support you, who want to buy from you and that's great in the beginning, but then it doesn't last. Like, cause how many cat paintings can my mom buy? Right. I feel like TikTok and Instagram reels are kind of the same thing where people get super attached to you when you're doing your videos in a way that shares your personality, that shares your story. People feel like they know you and then they do want to support you. They want to buy from you just like your aunt did. And you don't have to try hard <laughs> to sell the thing if your videos are appealing in some way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, it's just, you know, like having a conversation with someone of like, or entertaining them about, look what I created, not necessarily a, you need to buy this because this is perfect for your right. home. And like, <laughs> right. It's like talking to people about art. I get really, really excited about talking to people about making things and teaching someone to paint mushrooms in watercolor. I might not be selling mushroom paintings in watercolor, but I'm excited to show someone how to do it. And then in the back of their head, they're like, she's a watercolor artist. So then if I do a video where I'm talking about something related to business, it all kind of comes together. And a lot of times too, I'll post like more businessy kind of things on my stories and leave my reels for more educational things because I feel like it's my like intense fans, if you want to call them that, that look at stories. 
So it's a strategy. I, again, I know nothing. I don't know. No, you're, you're doing well. And so we're trying to you just get out of you what you're doing exactly. And yeah. so all these tips are perfect. I have a question right here from our Academy member. Are there any certain hashtags that you're using? Or there, and I just to add that, are there any like, is there a time limit on your videos? Or are you just showing up and focusing on entertaining rather than the little things? I don't focus much on that. TikTok, if you're doing hashtags in TikTok, you have a very limited space, as you know. So like, I keep it to like five or six hashtags. I do tend to use the same hashtags a lot on TikTok. And if you, like, if you go to like kid art, hashtag kid art, you will see like a million videos from me because that hashtag is not getting used by a lot of people, but it gets used by me. (laughs) So I tend to stick to similar hashtags depending on what I'm making. And I'll add one or two, like the mushroom painting, I'll probably tag that one like easy art, learn watercolor, watercolor basics. I pretty much always tag mom talk because I'm big with the moms. Do you see the the drama that's happening with the Utah mom talk right now? No, no. Oh, I'm not even going to get into it. I'll just Google Utah mom talk. Right okay. Now. I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I for sure will. Yeah. Because I do a lot of kid art and I do a lot of stuff that's like something where a mom and their kid could sit down and do it together. So, and I talk about being a mom, but my kids are 21 and 19. So it's like, it's always past tense. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, hashtags, I don't find that they are like super duper important. I don't, I mean, I don't, I haven't really noticed like a big difference. And even like people will say like, use, use the trending sounds. I don't ever really use trending sounds. Really? Oh my gosh. I know. I just, I just use like, like, (laughs) I'll just type in like quirky instrumental (laughs) and then I just pick, or I'll be like, I feel like I'll choose like an instrument that I think goes with the the video. So I'm like bassoon. (laughs) And then I just find a song that has a bassoon in it or clarinet or like violin. But yeah, I don't really follow any of that. I also like, I think when I first started, I was more hung up on like the idea of posting at a certain time of day. I don't think that matters at this point. It really seems like it is all driven by the quality of your video and whether or not people watch it through, share it and save it. Like, I think that's the the bottom line. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm really interested that you have a teaching side of your business and a, like a selling art side of the business. Yes. Tell me about that. And like, can I ask which one is more profitable? You teaching or selling art? So the teaching thing is really just, I'm an internet teacher. I don't teach any in-person classes. Oh, okay. But I did participate in like this workshop week thing where I did a video for another craft group that gathered all of these teachers together. So like I'm making money off of that, right? I do get some partnerships with brands through TikTok and Instagram. Those are very small amounts. (laughs) Very small amounts. 
So there's a little bit of money coming from like the videos and the teaching part of it. But the majority of my money for my business comes from selling products. So I sell prints of my artwork, stickers, magnets, pins. I just started selling notebooks, mugs. Like I'm in my art room right now, but my my office is next door and it's just filled with all my stuff. So I sell all of that on my website. On FAIR, I do wholesale through FAIR. I sell to my husband for our candy stores. So we sell my stickers and my prints at our three retail candy stores. And that's kind of how the whole thing started was with those stores. And then I go to an artist market every Saturday and I schlep all my stuff an hour away and set up a tent and sell my wares to the people I do that pretty much every Saturday. I will sell wherever I can sell. You're a hustler. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what you have to do, right? That's it. How does your printing process work? You have a lot of different things. Do you print on demand or do you order a bunch at a time? What's your strategy? I don't do any print on demand. I hold inventory on everything, which is not feasible for everyone. Like I get that. What I tell people when I talk to people about their art businesses is like, this is the way I did it because of my situation, but it's going to be different depending on where you're at in your business. So for me, the whole thing came from my son, my 21 year old saying, you should sell stickers. And I was like, that's dumb. Nobody likes stickers. (laughs) Cause I told you, I don't know anything. I was like, really? And he was like, people love to put stickers on like laptops and water bottles and stuff. 46, I'm 46, remember. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. So I started ordering stickers. We started selling them in our candy stores. And actually I was there the first time we ever sold a sticker. And it was just like a little basket. I had like five designs. It was like a little basket with five little animal stickers you know, like 10 of each or whatever. And somebody bought three of them. And she was like, and I'd like these three. And I was like, you want those? (laughs) She was like, yes, I want, I would like to purchase these three stickers. And I was like, blown away by the idea that someone would actually buy a thing that I made with my art on it. So then the stickers took off. And because we own retail stores, I'm selling wholesale to that business in large quantities because we sell tons and tons and tons of stickers. So I was able to make a little bit of money from stickers to use to buy prints. And then I started selling prints in our retail stores. And then I started the website and started selling stuff. So it all has kind of grown to this point. It didn't start here. But I use sticker blitz for my stickers. This is what people who who make art really want to know, right? Yep. But where? (laughs) And how much? Yep. I have tried like four different sticker companies, I think. I run tests where I put them on cups and put them in the dishwasher. Lots and lots of things. Sticker blitz is my favorite. They're the most high quality stickers. They hold up the best and their prices are the most reasonable for me at the quantities I'm buying them at. So sticker blitz for stickers. 
How many do you buy? Like a hundred or? Oh no, it's a lot. I buy each design in quantities of like a thousand because (gasps) so many. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. That's amazing. I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I'm like, who would buy stickers? And then we had a meetup here where all these artists came and they brought their stickers. And I'm like, I love all of your stickers. Like, why don't I have stickers? Yeah, you should make stickers. People love stickers. But here's the problem that happens with stickers. You have to be able to sell them wholesale. You really do. Because my husband and I joke that we're getting rich, like one sticker at a time. Like, it's like, it's a slow, slow, slow go with stickers, right? Even selling, like, we sold 10,000 stickers in our stores last year. In three retail stores, 10,000 stickers. That's what we sold. So it's a lot of stickers. But then I also sell stickers on FAIR. And FAIR is a wholesale site. And so other stores buy stickers from me and sell them in their stores, So the wholesale piece on stickers is really important because if you have an Etsy shop and you're selling one sticker here, one sticker there, you've got to package it. You're going to put something cute in there to go with it. I know you are. It's got to go in an envelope. It's got to have a stamp. Like you're making like 50 cents on that sticker and it took you 20 minutes to package it. (laughs) Like it's the get rich slope. That's what my husband says. Get rich slow. (laughs) Yeah. So you've got to be able to sell stickers in higher quantities. But like when I go to the art market, I have original art. I have canvas prints. I have paper prints. I have all these different price ranges going all the way down to a sticker so that if somebody comes in and they like your stuff, they don't have to feel like, well, I can't afford that octopus painting So I'm not going to walk into the booth. Yeah. They see stickers and they're like, well, wait a minute. I've got $2. (laughs) So I like having products at different price points. That's smart. I was going to ask, what do you sell your stickers for? And how much do you buy them for at wholesale? And also what's your highest tier item? And like, how do they kind of go up? We're really interested in money here. Right. So the stickers I sell at different prices because of shipping and packaging. I do free shipping on my website, which for all of the people out there that are thinking about starting websites or have a website, there are studies that show that free shipping, even on a more expensive item works. So like you build your shipping into the price of your product and you give free shipping. That's my philosophy. I used to have $3 shipping. And once I switched it, I noticed a huge difference just in $3. So it's good advice. Yes. So on stickers, it totally depends on the quantity that you're buying them at, but I can get mine for like 25 cents because I buy thousands at a time. Right. And then I sell them for $2. Yeah. Great markup. Yes. And even when I sell wholesale, I want to make sure I'm getting 50% margins on my wholesale too. Not just like some people think that they have to give it away if they're selling wholesale. And that's not the case. You want the retailer to make money, but you want to make money too. So it's important to maintain your margins on wholesale as well. So then, yeah, I mean, I have limited what I sell on my website a little bit because like, I was selling mugs. I have a sublimation printer and heat press and I like sublimate my own mugs. 
And I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, I just don't have time to make mugs when an order comes in. Like it's just became too much. So I, and shipping's like $10 on a mug. So if I have to charge $20 for a mug, I have to pay $10 of that in shipping. And it's costing me $2 to make the mug. Plus it takes me 15 minutes and I need a box and I need bubble wrap. Like I have a spreadsheet where it's all broken down to show me what I'm making on each thing. And eventually I was like, mugs are not going to work online. So I only sell mugs at the market and then I sell them like... I have a retail store here, not our candy store, but a local store. They have two locations. They sell my stuff too. And I sell mugs there. So it's kind of about looking at your products and figuring out like, where is my money? Like, where is my profit coming from? And determining like what things are worth it and what things are not worth it. So a paper print, I'm getting like 95% margin on a paper print. So, and all I have to do is stick it in a cello sleeve and put it in a flat mailer. Yeah. But then I have to pay for shipping. So I have to do that. But that's what you want. You want those things that are going to be easy. At least for me, that's what I want. And then I, so then the opposite end of that is I do sell original art and original art is like, I don't know how to price original art. I couldn't tell you. I just can't remember. (laughs) It's very hard for me to price original art. So I struggle with that. I would say that's what probably one of my biggest like challenges is I never know how much to charge. I think that's all of us, you know, like yeah. even now I'm like, I go back and forth on when somebody asks for a quote, I'm like, well, this much I had, sometimes I just have to ask someone else. I'm like, is this reasonable to you? Cause I, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing. Do they uh-huh. go between like a hundred dollars and a thousand dollars or where do they typically land for originals from you? Yeah. So you know what? I have originals on my website that are like $25. Because it might be a little five by seven thing that I made on TikTok. So that's one thing that I've changed recently is I started having people ask to buy the thing that I made on the video. And I was like, do you really want this little thing that I just made? And people were like, yes, I want, I want to buy that. So I started putting all that stuff up on my website, not all of it, but like, if it's a decent looking thing, when I'm finished, I will put it up on the website. But sometimes, like I said, they're $25 because it's a watercolor something like that took me no time at all. But then I have like, I have like acrylic paintings, large acrylic paintings that I sell at the market for $500. I don't put all of those on my website because I choose not to deal with the shipping of a large original. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shipping ground all the way across. Right. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it is partially about picking where you want to spend your time. And that's one thing that like my husband, my husband has a, an MBA. He worked in the corporate world for like 20 years and now he runs our candy stores. And he's my go-to when I'm like, I don't know what to do. And he has told me like, you just have to be aware of like what aspects of your business make you happy and what aspects of your business do you dread? And if there is something that you dread, you don't want that to become the main thing that you're doing to make money for the business. So like, 
if every time an order for a mug comes in, I'm like, oh my God, I got to make a mug. Well, then I'm not going to sell mugs anymore. That's why I'm running my own businesses to make my own decisions. It's also the thing I hate most about running my own business is making my own decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I love making my own decisions, but I, I am with you on the like little things that, cause for me, shipping and selling prints in general and just having to fulfill those orders on top of doing murals, that was the thing that I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to do it. So I've been trying to find some other alternative. Do you get your, so like for your prints that mm-hmm. on paper, do you print those yourself or? No. So I use Minuteman Press, which is a local printer and they have franchises all over the U.S. And just being totally honest here, I was kind of like singing their praises for a very long time on TikTok. And I had so many people come back to me and say, my local shop wouldn't help me. My local shop said they couldn't do what your shop is doing, that I stopped recommending them. I love my local shop. They do an awesome job for me. We have a like a great relationship where they run test prints for me. They fix anything that I don't like. I go in there. I physically pick up my stuff and bring it home. I know exactly what I'm getting. I just can't say that it's like that in every single store because they're, they're franchises and they're all run independently. So I don't know about the one that might be in your, your area. So I just say like, I love them and they're great for me. You could try your local shop and see what happens. They do prints for me. I get chipboard cut With my prints, I do note cards with envelopes from them. At Valentine's Day, I came up with this idea to do like little, like the kids' Valentines that are just like flat cards with my animal and like a pun. So it's like the turtle and it says, you're turtly awesome. (laughs) They made those for me. They make bookmarks for me. I sell bookmarks through them. They do all my discount cards and all that. So... Yeah, I would recommend though, like if your Minuteman can't help you, find a local printer where you can actually physically walk in, talk to someone and look at the print and say like, yes, because I order canvas prints online to sell and I sometimes get things that are unexpected because it's all coming from online. So anytime you can like have a local place where you can walk in, I think is good on that. Okay. I agree. I have a, a really good local place, but they're so busy because they're so good. And then lately it's just like, they're so overwhelmed. And right. my main printer got COVID last year and he had the brain fog that went with it. Um, and I, so I feel so bad for him, but sometimes I make an order and he's like, what? <laughs> like, you're like, God. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, I don't know. I'm just still sorting around with yeah, that. It but. Can be, that can be tough. But yeah, I mean, I think like anything, it takes a lot of effort to shop around and figure out what works for you and your style of art. Because like I do watercolor, which translates really nicely to prints because there's no texture to it. And I get questions a lot from acrylic artists and oil painters about how to make prints. And it's like, I've done it. But it's not as easy, like just bottom line, watercolor is way easier to get a nice print out of. But that's what I do. Yeah, so it's a little, it's a little bit of everything. 
And yeah, and I stopped doing commissions. That was another business choice that I made where that was one of the things that I just couldn't stand doing. That's and, every artist's dream is to say, no, I want to do what I want to do, not what you want to do. Right. Uh, when, when did you make that decision? Probably about this time last year. It was kind of funny because I was still growing on TikTok and I had gotten a couple of commissions through there, but it was starting to get to be like more and more. And I was like, this, I don't like this. First reason being, it's very hard to make corrections on watercolor. So if somebody doesn't like their portrait of their beloved poodle, there's not a lot I can do with it other than start over, which is frustrating. So I was at the art market one day and I have this friend of mine who was in the booth next to me and somebody asked him if he did custom work and he said no. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, Anthony, what did you say? He was like, I, I said, no. I'm like, you can do that? Like, you can just say, no, I don't. He was like, I don't do it. And I was like, neither do I. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't either, guys. I don't either. And that that was it. I was like, I, it was like it had never occurred to me that I could just be like, I, this is the thing I don't like doing and I'm not going to do it anymore. So I'm not there yet, but you're giving me some inspiration because I do, I do murals, but I make, you know, designs per customer and I, I love it, but you, yeah, just to be able to do what you want to do all day. <laughs> yeah. People get upset about it sometimes, but it's like, you can't make me. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought about doing like a subscription plan for the, your how-to, kind of, kind of like a watercolor box how-to, but like your own type of thing like yeah. that, or teaching? Well, okay. So I have been thinking, I get asked a lot to do longer format tutorials because my they're one minute on Reels and TikTok. And I would probably... I would like to do that. I just, I just have not had time. I don't know. And it's, it's one of those things. My husband's always like, well, you make time for things that are important to you. And I'm like, you are too smart, <laughs> but I could see doing, you know, everybody wants passive income, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can just make the thing and put it behind the paywall and people pay for it. But I also like in my brain, I can foresee like all the stuff of like, I can't log in and I don't, I can't find the, this, you know, managing all of that part of it. There is some of that, but so I have about 150 members in the Artist Academy and I teach them, you know, uh, how to do it more, how to do a business. So it'd be slightly different, but it's so rewarding too. And after the first year, like the first year I was like, how do I do this? How do I get them to sign up and trust me? And then how, how do I teach them? Like, and then, and then after a couple of years, it is smooth sailing. Like it is like now, right now managing 100, 150 people, it is smooth. And I like now like getting to know you, there's an artist I would love to introduce you to. Do you know Dion Woods of the Tur- Turquoise Iris? Have you heard of her? No, I don't think so. I'll connect you after this. Okay. I think you both would be great to connect and follow each other because she's wanting to get into video. And if you ever want to get into a subscription, she has a membership group. She's the one who inspired me to make mine. And she has 500 members in oh, wow. her group of amazing, just encouraging ladies. And she does all of this mentor work and stuff. And you, I think you two would get along really well. No, definitely. I would love to hook up with 
anybody that makes art, sells art, does art, likes art, I'm all about it for sure. Awesome. Well, do you have any last minute, I guess, advice for any artist, anything that's helped you in the beginning or anything that, you know, a little piece of advice someone's told you that really stuck or? Well, the first thing is I don't think you have to monetize every hobby. And I, I think a lot of times it's easy to get sucked in when somebody tells you like they really like that thing that you made and you should sell it. And you have to just think about like, what does that mean? Because the busier your business gets, the less time you have to be creative and make the things you want to make. That's just the bottom line, which is not to try to discourage anyone from doing it, but it is definitely something that I didn't really think through. Like I didn't really think I would get this busy, which it was always the goal, but I didn't think it would happen the way that it has happened. So just, I think the other thing would be to kind of diversify where you're selling. That's a big thing that helped me in the beginning before I had this big social media following was to be selling on my website. I actually started with Etsy and a website and I sold on both places. And then I closed the Etsy store once I had enough traffic to my website. So I started with Etsy and a website. I had my wholesale site. I was approaching local stores to try to get my stuff in there. And I was doing the art market every single week. So if I didn't get any wholesale orders, I had these other places that might bring me some income. Or if it rained at the market and I couldn't do it that day, I had all these other places that could make me sales. So that's something that is important, but also can feel overwhelming to people when they're first starting out. So my words of wisdom are going to be to take little bitty bites. Like you have your list of things you want to accomplish. You can't accomplish them all at once. It's not feasible. So just pick little things to do. And before you know it, you will work your way through your list. Yeah, I love that. That's really good advice because I was just on a student call this morning and she was like, I'm doing art markets and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Like, is this what I should be doing? And I'm like, yes, like try all the things. Yes. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to do. Like it's hard to do. The art market thing is tough. It is tough to like pack up your stuff every week and go sit there and put on a smile. And even when people are coming in, you're like, hi, like, you know, sometimes that's rough. I try to look at it as like, I'm just here to pet the dogs. And if I sell something, that's great. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it is about putting yourself out there in all the ways that you can and knowing that you're not going to be great at everything right off the bat. My first video, I was like very stiff. But once you start doing all of these things over and over again, you find that it starts to come more naturally. And the more natural you are with things, the more success you're going to have. You have to try. You have to give it a shot. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go out today or tomorrow or whenever I start my next painting and do a face to camera explanation of what I'm doing and maybe teach a little something just like you're doing on video. I'm going to try your way. (laughs) Yeah. Like when when I watch some of your videos, whenever I watch the mural videos, I'm always like, where do they get the paint? (laughs) Like 
paint store. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically just like the gallons of latex paint. Yep. I think that would be really interesting to see like a trip to Lowe's to get paint for the mirror. Like it's that kind of stuff. It's the behind the scenes stuff too that people really appreciate. Like, okay, here's another one for you. Like, how do you clean your brushes when you're outside working on a mural? That's a really great video idea, though. If I'll just take people inside. My, so I go, to, I go to a local paint store, just like you have a local printer. They're so great. They're great. So if I'm like, hey, I'm going to be painting on concrete today. Is this the product? And they, they, work, they work with me and they're so great. And I buy gallons of paint from them. And then so the brushes, so I'm going to make a video on that. That's great. Thank you. Because that's just something I do every day and I don't even think about it. <laughs> right. That's the kind of stuff though, because there's so many people that would love to get into doing murals or like, even like I have a giant wall in my office that's empty and I've thought about doing a mural, but even for me as like an artist, I don't know where to start with a mural because I've never done one. Yeah. Okay. I'll do mini clips of that. And then for the paintbrushes, I just have a big thing of water and you just stick it in the water. And then I wait till I get home and I, I clean them whenever just, I get you home. You just have the sloshing bucket of water in your car that you yeah. home? Well, I have a Jeep and I have the layer on in the back of the Jeep, like the really rubbery layer down. So uh-huh. that way, and there's paint all over it, but that's okay. Cause I can just take it out and spray it down if I want to, and then put it back and my actual Jeep is fine. So really big on that, but that's a good tip. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of thing where it's like, I don't know. I've never done one. Even though I may never paint a mural, I would watch that video. Like I would want to know, cause I just want to know all the stuff about everything, but really about art, you know? Yeah. Anything random. A lot of times those are the videos that I think do the best. And then like anything that's like a helpful tip or like a, just something that somebody would want to like save. That's for reference. That's a big part of it. I think for me. Do you like a Monday mural tip of the day or something? Okay. Yeah. What brush or what stuff to use on what? Yeah. Thing? Okay. Ooh, yeah. I, I also don't edit out the goofiness. I leave, I, if there would be no video if I'm being honest, because I'm always a big dork, but like I did one last week where I was trying to like paint these mugs in like you drip nail polish onto water and you dip the mug in. I was driving the struggle bus. I was driving it. And the whole video is just me not understanding what I'm doing. And then I finally got it to work and I picked it up the mug and I dropped the mug back into the water and the water splashed all over me. And I actually said on camera, am I going to put this on the internet? (laughs) (laughs) And I did put it on the internet. And I've gotten such good feedback on that video because people are like, Now I trust you when you say something is easy because I've shown them that not everything is easy for me, right? Sometimes I'm drenched in nail polish water. I love that. We, I just uh-huh. there's just a comment here from Rose County where she goes, "I saw that video of you dropping the mug. I died laughing." <laughs> and then the, there's another comment that goes from a little bit earlier in the interview. She goes, "Oh my gosh, I love her. I've been following her for a while." 
So oh, you have fans. Nice. That's very nice. I always, it's so, it's so weird. I had a neighbor the other day that was like, uh, I follow you on TikTok and I didn't know you lived here. And I was like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it happens at the market too. If somebody comes up to me and like, I was like, oh, I follow you on, on Instagram or whatever. I'm like, the first thing I say every time is I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> why, why do you watch my stuff? <laughs> I'm like, I, I just feel like it's, too, uh, it's too much a lot of the time, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's fun for me. I enjoy it. I'm home like all the time in my little art room talking to my phone, but this is, you know, this is life. This is what I do. I love the, I love the community of it. Yeah. This is so inspiring. I think it's going to be really especially inspiring for any art moms and just how quickly you can grow. If you, and and everybody go watch her videos, go watch and really dissect what she's doing and just see like how the lighting is and how, you know, how close she is to the camera. Like, look at like, why are you watching? What makes you continue to watch and just look at what she's doing and you can create your own too. Cause that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go look at your stuff and be like, all right, (laughs) like how long are these things? Like, like, Oh, act like a dork. Check. Check. Easy. (laughs) Yeah. It is very nice. It is still a mystery to me, but I will absolutely take it. And it's just a matter of putting yourself out there and knowing that like, sometimes it's not going to be for everyone, but you are going to resonate with the people that are your target audience. And you can have an impact through the internet, which is something that like, I was missing out of my life, just being a business owner. I felt like I had become too much like, sell. how many of these things have I sold? How much money have I made? And I was missing that like connection and believe it or not, the internet gave it to me. So I love that. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Everybody go follow her, go check out her stuff. And yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. And if you like hearing interviews just like this in your ear, if they inspire you, then I want to encourage you to go download the audible version of my new book, Mural Money. It's a condensed version of basically all of the best of the best tips given here on the podcast from guests, plus my own words of wisdom to help you get started in any art industry, plus stories of some hard lessons learned that I have never told before. You can pick up a copy at muralmoney.com. And again, I highly recommend the Audible version. I put a lot of tender love and care to make sure the Audible was extra special. It had some extra goodness in there. And It's really for any artist, but especially those wanting to make a profit from a paintbrush. Muralmoney.com. That's it. I'll see you next week.